0: back to On the Mic with Mike Peters. My guest this week is Cody Montaigne, who's been doing stand-up in Albany for about seven years. He's a regular at the clubs in Albany, and is definitely making the most out of his art degree. Cody's working on a collection of sketches he's planning to release on YouTube. We talked a lot about writing and sitcom television, constant themes on this podcast. I just worked with Cody for the first time, and he's hilarious. If you get a chance to see him live, do it. Please like, share, review and subscribe to the podcast. Follow Homebrewed Comedy on Facebook or go to homebrewcomedy.com to see all of my dates. Thanks again. I'll talk to you guys next week. Take
1: care. skin. wait outside I hope they me in.
0: Thank you so much for doing this, man. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no problem. Should be fun. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> what's Albany like for you right now?
1: I don't I don't know. I, I actually I don't leave my house much, so that's hard to answer, I guess. <laughs> uh, this time of year, I, uh, I yeah, I stay in my bed a lot. That's I know I can tell you what that's like. That's it's quite <laughs> warm.
0: Yeah. What's Good your blanket. bed like? Let me lower my voice a little
1: bit. <laughs> I've got a comforter. I have actually multiple blankets, more pillows than I need. It's a good time.
0: How many pillows are in your bed? I'm curious about this.
1: There's three. I only really use one, and then the other two really they just came with the bed. But one I use to stuff between my legs. Yeah, it's comfortable. And then yeah, sometimes one just to hold, or sometimes I'll read at night, so I'll lean uh, my Kindle up against it.
0: You're learning. Trying. <laughs> I think I have eleven pillows on my bed.
1: Oh, which yeah. is like
0: totally unnecessary. But what happens? Do you have a like, girlfriend, I do, but it didn't matter. Like I. Oh, those
1: are your pillows.
0: Yeah. So wow. No, normally, I think I would have no. I think I think so. So what I do is I sleep with two. Like I have got two behind my head, and then mm. I will lay with one. You know, if the girlfriend's on that side, whatever. Until I turn over, and then I get a pillow. The pillow is like my side chick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. you need some kind of spoon.
0: Yeah. Like okay. Well, I'm tired of holding her when i'm on my left side so i want to sleep on my right side and i go underneath the bed because i've knocked the pillow off bring that bad boy up i don't know why i called it a boy but whatever but i've got like two sitting directly on the mattress like just piled up and then my other two when i make the bed if i make the bed other two pillows are like laying against it so it's like a little fortress yeah so but i'm ocd too so if i have a pillow on the right side I need a pillow on the left side and they have to match them. So, mm-hmm. I got newer pillows and I'm like, well, these pillows are still good, so I'll keep them on the bed. Then uh... I got a couple throw pillows. So, I'm not sure if they count, but and yeah.
1: What is the point of throw pillows? Aren't they the the smaller tougher ones?
0: I guess, but like mine came with a bedding. So, like, yeah, I got like three pillows. One's one's like a a square, the other one's a little rectangle and the other one's like a like a cylinder. Ah. So, like, I don't know what their purposes are. My girlfriend takes the rectangle one. That's her little spooning pillow. Mm. And I guess mine's a square one, but that's often kicked aside. The and then I have a baseball pillow. And that's just for show. That's for show. Yeah. That's
1: for the ladies. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 I play ball around here. Well, there was one time I was in Maryland and I had a bat fly into my house, like through the ceiling. Like it, there was like a, a baseball
1: vent. bat or a no, bat. no.
0: An, a bat bat, like a, okay. like, like COVID bat. Oh, So it came through the vent in my closet and I have a tall bed. I have like a 33 inch mattress, like the top of it's 33 inches off the ground. So oh. like this bat came swooping in and I swear to God, I mean, it's not my manliest moment, but I rolled off the bed and all I had was that pillow, that baseball pillow. And I threw it missed the bat but i hit my niece like a picture of my niece so i'm like all right and then i ran
1: out of because you know fuck my niece exactly
0: she had it coming and then i like i ran out i mean it was like the closest i've ever been to war like i, I, scooted- I love
1: how you build it up as like you were actually gonna do something heroic and no, then i tried
0: like- <laughs> it ultimately failed right away so i appreciate the honesty man. no so i get out of I get out of my bedroom. I'm like laying on the ground, like crawling to the ground. And uh, I get I'm like, I whip open. I had a sliding glass door and I whip open that door, hoping the bat might fly out. And then I go to the corner of my apartment and I've got like a hoodie. I'm in a ball. And I put the hoodie over my head, hoping the bat flies away. Oh God. I was like 29 or 30. And I'm like, this might be the peak for me. Like <laughs> Oh, no. It's like it's it's both the bottom and the peak because it was horrible. And then I saw the bat fly into the kitchen and I ran from my bedroom, shut the door, and then basically camped out there for the 10 hours. And then like 10 hours. Oh, yeah. it was like, well, I was you leading. didn't try to make an escape. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, had, I figured the bat was somewhere else in the house. So I had my bedroom free. It was like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, something like that. And at night.
1: OK, yeah. Yeah.
0: So I waited mm. till the morning and I like opened the door and I'm I'm doing everything I possibly can in my bedroom to avoid going out and seeing this bat. And I'm walking through the kitchen, hoping it's nowhere. And then I just I never saw it. So I assume it just got out the sliding glass door that I opened. So, oh,
1: God, that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, that's it was awful. creepy. That's like you went to bed while it was still lurking. I'd yeah. almost want to continue fighting it that night. You know what I mean? Because at least I know it's in proximity because now I could be scheming.
0: Yeah. I saw another bat and I, it could have been the same one, but I uh. I forgot to close that sliding glass door one time when I went to Binghamton from Maryland and I came oh, back <laughs> and I'm like hanging out in my office, just, I don't know. I was watching Boy Meets World from the other room and Sick. I saw this bat swoop in and out and I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. And I just was in the office and like the bat flew out. I mean, it came in like three or four times and then it flew right out. So it was. Good. Oh my god! Yeah. So, and I had a pigeon come into that that uh, apartment too. So, so I saw it walk right in the door. Oh, walked in? Yeah, man. Oh it was like god. it was like balancing on the outer ledge, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, it was like a softball sized opening, and I'm like, there's no way he's gonna take a left and come in. He did. So I was oh like all right. God. So I had you need to shut start closing place. doors. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't like my apartment now, so if any wild Do you have life, a lot of
1: break-ins? My... No, none. <laughs> I feel like that's the next story. <laughs> nope. There's one time I came home and a guy had a gun to my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, well, it wasn't a bat, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> <No>. wasn't going <laughs> to
1: bite me. <laughs> Didn't have, have to you... worry about rabies, at least.
0: <laughs> no, have you ever had something like that happen? Any animals come into your house?
1: Not like that, no. Yeah, and I, I hear mice in the ceiling a lot, yeah. but they're friendly. My brother's had the worst luck. He's him and his like roommates have like had multiple skunks, cockroaches and bed bugs in their apartment.
0: Yeah. Ugh, bed bugs. He, I've heard horrible stories about
1: that. Yeah, I think it was bed bugs. Yeah, they've had a few with the, a couple of their landlords. They're good now, knock on wood, but yeah, they've had but yeah, no, luckily I I've been lucky with that. Nothing like that luckily.
0: I think bed bugs actually prolonged a relationship for me once. Like, Oh God. Yeah. Like my oh. girlfriend at the time was cheating on me with somebody else. And like, Oh God. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> like she came, she's like, Oh yeah, I, I'm polyamorous. I'm like, Oh, that's not going to go work well for me. So
1: <laughs> what a declaration. So that, I'm not cheating on you. I'm polyamorous.
0: Oh, I, I have a joke where I call it legalized cheating. And yeah. Yeah. So that's funny. She, uh, she was like trying to balance me and the other guy for like a couple days, and I'm not uh-huh. having it. Like, it's it's awful. And then yeah. she came up to me and said, Well, I don't think it's going to go anywhere because uh, he said that he has bed bugs and she's afraid of them. So, like, she's like, No, I'm not going to see him. And I'm like, Well, I guess they helped me, but also, like, fuck off.
1: Yeah, good. <laughs> I was about it. to say, Or the bed bugs just showed you how low your self esteem is. Oh, yeah, is. yeah, <laughs> for sure.
0: I'm like, all right, well, set you on fire, too. Yes.
1: (laughs) Oh, God does have a plan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So did your brother have the skunks in the house? I can't
1: remember. I feel like they ended up getting in or they were just around a lot. I know an exterminator had to intervene. Yeah. They had to bring in the professionals.
0: That's got to be the worst, though. Skunk.
1: Yeah. He stayed at my parents quite a bit. because, like the house just smelled awful for like a couple weeks. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, because I, I would think that it's making it his or hers like that apartment and any, any noise is going to scare it yeah exactly and I guess the whole house
1: smelled like it and like how do you even sleep you know what I mean not even just like like I don't know that's rough
0: does that smell go away on its own eventually I think it
1: ended up I'm sure they'd like sprayed stuff and his yeah. uh, his roommate's very like cleanly but yeah I think it ends ends up airing out it has to yeah that's not. They also I... moved. Yeah, <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> <laughs> but I can't. I can't remember which place it happened. I think it's happened multiple times. They've had some bad luck with uh, their apartments. How old are you? I am twenty-eight. Do you watch Seinfeld at all? Uh, I've seen some episodes. Okay. I know but... I should be into it. I wow. have not. You're twenty-eight. I I think
0: I I don't know, think I don't it's a, a comedian thing. I think that's like a generational thing. I love it. Yeah. It's my favorite show. But like, we have cell phones now. So, like, every time you watch an episode, you're like, well, this has never been a problem for me because, like, I could have uh, just called yeah, it's not friend. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, And then, you know, everything now is streamlined. But, like, there's an episode where the valet has BO and he gets in the car and, like, he taints the car. They can't get rid of this BO. So they try, like, a tomato bath with the hair. Because mm. uh, it gets on Elaine's hair. That reminded me of that, though. It's like once yeah. that smells yeah. in there, it permeates everything. And yeah. maybe the only solution is to move. It's like getting sand. Yeah, in yeah. Your, like, shoes or something. Or, it's or like, no, you need new
1: somewhere. shoes. You're not getting all of it. You're fucked.
0: Yeah. So, what was the show that you gravitated to when you were a kid that you still have now that you still watch?
1: Uh see I was gonna say like it's funny because you're saying it's not my generation but I watched Boy Meets World I mean I guess Boy Meets World was a little after that I
0: think but I think that transcends a generation like because yeah. like, we all watch that like for me I grew up with those kids like yeah Corey that's what it was felt a year like. older than me and then yeah, eventually he was two or three years older than me because they screwed up the time but, oh did they yeah I think it was like when they went between, to college no high school they went from like 8th grade to 10th grade or something like the 7th to 10th, something like that. Oh, uh, OK. Yeah, because they were only in that high school for like three years. So, yeah, like, and they're not that smart. So, yeah, they, they caught up kind of, to
1: Eric and them. Yeah, yeah for quick. sure.
0: And they're both in the they're all in college.
1: Yeah, they were the both time. in college at the same time. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, Eric didn't go for this first year or so. Oh, yeah. So You got a little bit of wiggle room there. But, yeah, it was all strange.
1: Yeah. And I know, but them. I used to love that show. Yeah, even still, sometimes we'll go back and rewatch episodes of that. Yeah, I found that show to be so funny as a kid. I always wanted to be Sean, but I knew deep down I was a Corey.
0: Damn right. You know what I mean? Me too. Me too.
1: But I was always like, where's my Topanga, though? <laughs> like, that's that's the compromise. I can't be cool. I better have a, the sweetheart.
0: I have a leather jacket. Ooh. It's in part because I have this desire to always be Sean Hunter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, I grew up, but I had... Curly hair. Same. So I was like, all right. So I had to like, I went through like years of buzz cuts to get rid of the curly hair. And no, like, it worked. Yeah, it did. It did. Because my mom has real dark, curly Italian hair. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's going to be me. But yeah, you had to mow it off basically. But I always wanted to be Sean and girlfriend I had in high school was like, no, you're Corey. Always going to be yeah. Corey.
1: Oh, I'm really? Like, yeah. I'm like, I didn't well, even need someone to character. tell me. I yeah. just
0: knew deep down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or even, like, Eric, even though he was dumb.
0: But. You know what, though? I'm watching it with my girlfriend. We're watching Boy Meets World, and I'm listening to their podcast, too. So they're doing a rewatch. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It really is good. I haven't checked that out, but I've seen, like, It's very ads. good. So we're watching it, and I have a deeper appreciation for Eric. Like, Wilfred L as, as an actor. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because, like, you know they made him dumber. Oh, like, yeah. I'm he sure. still has probably the most sentimental lines and everything. And yeah, no, I really, he's like a sweet, really caring character.
1: Yeah. I really like him when he got to college. Cause like when he was younger, he was more of like, just like kind of like a a jerk to Corey and really dumb. But yeah, I feel like once he got to college, he was wiser and yeah, had some more like sentimental and grounded, like things to say. Yeah. no, I liked the college years a lot. That's like one of the few shows where, when they got to the college years, it was still good for me. Yeah.
0: Most I enjoyed like, Saved by the Bell, but... Yeah? Is that another show you grew up on?
1: Yeah, I definitely don't right. watch it really now. I feel like that's more cheesy, um, that, so
0: I can't get into it. That show does not age well. And, like, I don't um, mean, yeah, like... In a lot of mean, ways. I don't mean, like, <laughs> oh, it's it's racist or anything like that, really. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, there are a lot of plot holes that shouldn't have ever been seen. Like, yeah. they did the Teen Line episode twice, and you're like, all those oh, missing really? it was a character. Yeah, because yeah, when Tori came on, and, like, the fifth season and Kelly and Jesse left. <laughs> oh, wow. Tour Tour's like, oh that. yeah. How about a teen line? And everyone's like, sure. We've never heard of this before. I'm like, you did it two years ago. Oh <laughs> yeah. So they've definitely redid storylines. And. I don't oh know, yeah. When was, you're getting that yeah. deep
1: in the seasons, it ends up getting repetitive. Yeah. And, yeah, and, I- and even just like their go-to place, it was like such a stereotypical nineties place. Like boy meets world everything felt pretty modern. You know what I mean? Like looking back, even the school, the school, everything was pretty just normal. Yeah. No, I, even their hangout place. It just looked like a regular, like dive bar. Well, not and, even a dive. Yeah.
0: And I never once saw, I don't remember at least anybody pay for anything at the max, you know? Like, yeah. Like a Chubby's, yeah. they, they at least had a bill every once in a while. Yeah. Did and
1: you, it just felt more grounded. Uh, at yeah. Boy Meets World and the bullies. I liked how the bullies were like,
0: characters. Like yeah, Frankie. yeah. 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 Well, the bullies and Sable S- the bell were the main characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They were like, <laughs> simulta- they were like frenemies. Yeah. It was, yeah, that was a weird. And I feel like that set me, that gave me weird expectations going forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then doesn't live up to expectations.
0: Were you the Zach Morris? I was hoping. Yeah, no. <laughs> Obviously, <Me too. laughs> if I thought I was
1: Sean, if I was delusional to think I was Sean Hunter. No, I was probably more of a screech, not as weird. I'd like to think, but who knows? Yeah,
0: my fantasy in high school was to be the first one to throw his hat, lead that charge, because Zach Morris did it. Yeah, and that did not happen. No, he didn't throw no, it. No, it didn't matter. Nobody would have looked. <laughs> like yeah. I, I graduated with a guy who was just drafted to the majors, or well, you know, by the oh, wow. by the baseball, uh, the Orioles and uh, Slater. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And then the class president was the mayor's son. So it's like, no, there's nothing I could do. Like, I was so yeah. far down on the packing. You were not in that- the cast. No. <laughs> no, no. I'd have been one of the extras for sure. Yeah.
1: Maybe a side character. Right. Like, like, I'll wear like a funny partials. hat.
0: I'll wear a hat that can yeah. stick out so I can show my friends. Hey, see, I was on that show.
1: Yeah, or you're like in one of the serious episodes, like maybe you sell someone weed. Right, right. And they're like, say no to drugs. Yeah,
0: I'm Johnny Dakota, maybe.
1: Yeah, that would be interesting now because if weed's legal, that, that yeah. episode. Like maybe well, they'd be like, oh, that's cool. Well,
0: I mean, you can read stories about like how that speed episode where it's like, I'm so mm. excited. I'm so, it's, like, it's so yeah, cheesy. Yeah, I remember that. But yeah. it was supposed to be. So- <laughs> it was supposed to be actual speed. And I think it was, I think it was that or Coke. And they're like, yeah, there's no way we can do that. <laughs> it was oh, wow. what did that originally? It was Saturday morning on NBC. It's when new episodes? Yeah. Yeah. So wow. I, mean, it I remember a.m. watching it in
1: the morning, but I always just thought it was like reruns and stuff. Like wow, no, back that's then, weird.
0: Back then it was like I'll never remember all of it, but it was Save the Bell, California Dreams, Hang Tough, I think, mm. Hang with Mr. Cooper, but I think that was on at night. And then mm. I remember it ended. I stopped watching when Sweet Valley High came on TV and I'm like, no yeah. time for NBA basketball. Let's go. Uh, Let's. Yeah. to be a boy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> time to be time for this boy to be a man. <laughs> yeah. Another one. I remember Malcolm in the Middle. That was yeah. a solid one.
0: When's the last time you went back and rewatched it? Probably
1: a handful of years ago. Like, yeah, after college or in college, I've seen some episodes yeah. Why does that not hold up for you?
0: No, I haven't gone back and watched the whole thing yet. It's been in my Netflix queue. I don't even know if it's on Netflix anymore, but it's yeah. been there for years. And I've watched Breaking Bad twice since. And yeah, I just grown this big love for Brian Cranston. And oh, I remember yeah. loving Malcolm in the Middle, but like not enough to like I would see it on reruns and I wouldn't it wasn't like appointment viewing for me. Like I wouldn't make sure, okay, I gotta be home at 3 30 to watch this, but I loved it. I just don't know the storylines and I didn't know how how good a show in total. It was.
1: Yeah. It'll make you appreciate Brian Cranston that much more just to see the range. Like he is so goofy in that show. Like he is a completely different person. It's, it's, it's really funny to see that. Because you'll be going from like the opposite almost since you know him more from Breaking Bad and you're going into that. Whereas I know him more from Malcolm Middle. So to see him going to Breaking Bad was a little jarring and, you know, impressive, of course. But yeah, no, I loved that show. Some of the storylines are so awful. See, I liked shows like that. I liked shows that felt more real. And I felt like like almost like a little more trashy. Like I liked Roseanne. Yeah, like I loved it. I hated the shows that like they had like the perfect family. I was like, "In what world are you living in where everything like even full house. I know their mom was dead, but still their <laughs> life was a little too charming."
0: Yeah, no, I could definitely say that. Like too much love in that house. I was a sports oh. reporter and so like Danny Tanner was uh, also a that's reporter. His job. Yeah. At the start as a reporter, I'm like, "Dude spends like all his time with his kids." And like, yeah. "How do you do that? Like he's covering the Golden State Warriors, but Same with Ray Romano and Everlose Raymond. I'm like, yeah. What kind of job do you have that you'd only have to work two days a week, but still get a salary? It's really weird. Like, you're not in the clubhouse at all. So, I don't know how much prices were in San Francisco in 1989, but like, you're telling me a whole family with three adults, three kids are living there just on Danny's salary? Oh,
1: yeah. Cause the other two weren't working for a while, were they?
0: I think they had spurs, but. You know, oh yeah, because the band. I don't know if you are aware of how much money comedians make, but I don't think Uncle Joey was, was really a oh, legit yeah.
1: comic in that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember.
0: Yeah, he was on Star Search. Oh so, like, yeah, I do and I know that. he was doing colleges, so like he was making some money, but I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, is he going to help pay the mortgage? Probably not.
1: Yeah, doubtful. Yeah, that show was weird. That yeah, they'd have those the fucking intense sad music. To yep. let you know that it was a, an important time to pay attention. Oh, is that a group hug? Yeah. No, I hated that. <laughs> I liked the shows that were a little like darker. I liked. I also liked King of Queens. That's also... I, I loved Kevin
0: James. I think it's underrated. I really do. It's
1: so... I, uh, I feel like I molded some of my personality off of that character.
0: <laughs> Doug Effernan is one of my favorite characters. He, Absolutely. His relationship with Carrie is so... Toxic, great. but uh, yes. great. yeah, <laughs> yes. but, well, especially to the end, it was very toxic, but like, yeah, they got along so well with each other and their sense of humor. And those times were like, they were just hanging out with each other on the couch. God, it's like a model for what I want,
1: yeah. Their chemistry was so good, yeah. And that, so, that's another show. Brian Cranston was actually on a few episodes, he, he was, was their neighbor. weird neighbor, yeah. yeah.
0: So, neighbor who I think he was naked for time and he was using a trampoline. Or Diving board,
1: yeah, that was one of the episodes. Another episode, I think he was part of like a pyramid scheme, yep, that he's yep. trying to get it's like, um, uh, Doug into like
0: water, water faucets,
1: yep. Yep. purifiers, or something, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: I watched and the show so much, and then like one episode, Doug goes to take him back, and the whole house is gone. Brian yeah, and his wife are yeah. gone. It's like, what,
1: yeah, one of my favorite episodes, it was so clever, even especially looking back, was uh. Doug like goes to visit his parents, and uh, he sees his childhood dog, and its <laughs> name. And it's named Rocky. Yep. And then the, he realizes that the dog it has died, and they've replaced it.
0: Yeah, the but dog's not thirty. Only that
1: multiple times. Yeah.
0: I think I think that's Rocky Four or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it just I love how it like tracked the movies, but yeah. then yeah, just his realizations. Like your dog would be thirty. It's like yeah, he ate well. And like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that. I, oh, I love so that scene good. because his parents are so well cast, and. Yeah. Uh, his mother, his mom's like, Well, Carrie, you know, um, I don't know to say this, but like, oh, last yeah. one was on kind of on you because you know, when you, you, you went down, Rocky you, three, you, you left the door open, and well, a gator got her,
1: yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. See, that's like so you would never hear that on Full House, you know what I mean? No, like that no. sharp kind of cutting, no, that's great.
0: I love it. So, you started doing comedy when a few years ago, uh, like.
1: Over seven years now, yeah.
0: Do you think what you watched as a kid, what you're watching now, I mean, do you think that informed your desire to get on stage and try to make people laugh?
1: Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Like, I've always loved watching comedy. And I don't think I ever thought I would do it, but I think that was more of, like, didn't think I could, almost. Like, I would have loved to, but I never would have really... I also didn't know how it even worked. I thought you were just, like, famous, and then you became a comic or something so I was like I had no kind of idea but yeah like I was saying like with King of Queens like I really feel like so much of my personality kind of came from watching that show like I feel like I got got a lot of my sense of humor from that and just yeah I don't watch a ton now I feel like a lot of what I watch now is podcasts or documentaries and stuff right. and especially a lot of the sitcoms nowadays just suck I haven't like, watched them yeah exactly because they're just like so cookie cutter That I can't really get into them. If there was a good one. I mean, here and there, you know, there are ones that come out. But yeah, no, they definitely influenced me for sure. What
0: about you? Yeah, for sure. Like, I I remember watching what I thought was kind of cool about when I grew up. Like, I started noticing that the comedians were the stars in these shows. Probably like in 95, 96, something around there. And then you go back and you're like, okay, well, I love Home Improvement. And mm. I'll watch Tim Allen's special in 1990, and I'm like, oh, a lot of this stuff is a lot of his material is in the first season. Yeah, Same with Roseanne. Same with Seinfeld. Drew Carey yeah, the show. themes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm looking at these. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's where I was like, oh, stand up is a thing, and it could be like, I don't think I knew the word conduit at the time, but I'm like, oh, it could mm-hmm. be, it could lead you yeah. to another venue. And for me, it was I saw George Carlin. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. I didn't like you. I had no idea. Yeah. How the, you know, what an open mic was, how to do that. I thought maybe somebody saw your funny, I don't know, exactly. in conversation and said, hey, try it up here. I need to Like I had no idea how Hell, to yeah. do that. But yeah, I would say for me, for sure, any of those shows, Drew Carey's show was big for me. And yeah. In mm-hmm. Living Color. <laughs> yeah. I mean you know yeah. any of these shows with like these breakout characters and then you trace those steps back you're like other oh, comedians and you know i wanted to make somebody laugh i wanted to be the center of attention and i think for me also how many siblings do you have if any i have an older brother just one okay. so like for me i'm I'm the third of four and i wanted the attention for once mm. so I'm like oh here's how to do it so i mean how about you yeah no you, i was did you have to you know overshadow your brother
1: I was definitely an intention whore. I yeah. don't know exactly where it came from, but as far as I can remember, I was always seeking attention. Like at school, I would lean into being dumb to get yeah, laughs. Like too. I cared more about that than being perceived as smart. And to the point where I, I started to get like in like extra special reading classes and stuff because I, I, I they just thought I needed the extra help, but I was just going for the laughs. Shit! What was the question? I'm a little (laughs) stoned.
0: No, no, uh, did you need attention because? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I even remember, like in elementary school. Like I I don't know how it started, but every single birthday, my mom would buy me a white T-shirt the day before my birthday, and I would grab my markers and I would color it with all my favorite things and. I would just wear it the next day at school just so everyone knew it was my birthday. (laughs) So I would just like from every stranger people needed to know, but yeah. So I was definitely always like, but then, yeah, then as I got older, I got more introverted, but I still had that, but yeah, I didn't really have a good outlet, I guess, for getting that attention.
0: I'm the same way with you. Like I played dumb. I mean a little too well. So yeah, I was in like elementary school when I started and, I noticed that if I answered the question wrong, I could get a laugh. Yeah. Like I remember I, it was like a, a quiz, like kind of a game in a class. Everybody stood up and the last to not miss question one, I answered five out of five science questions and I'm like science, you know, after that I was like, fuck it. I don't care. But like, yeah, I had intelligence, but like, I just kind of pissed it away because I'm like, no, if I said the wrong answer, I would, you know, people would laugh and congratulate me after class. And I would much prefer that adulation than I would, you know, for a 95 in class. And then Oh, yeah, I, exactly. I ended up being, because I didn't take anything seriously either. But I ended up being in, like, uh, intro to algebra, basically, in ninth grade, where all of my other classmates in ninth grade were in actual algebra. So, like, for four years, I was a math class behind everybody. Oh, wow. I wanted to get the laugh. <laughs> I'm
1: like, oh, yeah, shit, yeah. that's going to
0: actually hurt me later.
1: Yeah, because like I said, I was, yeah, I would literally be put in like special reading classes because, yeah, like I remember, especially like spelling and stuff. I'd almost like look forward to it. It was like, this is my time to shine. I'm going to get some good, like it was almost like scheduled. It's like, I'm going to get some good laughs this morning. And also, I didn't like the idea of being perceived as smart because then I just didn't like that. Like, I felt like kids treated you, you would treat you differently. Like, no one wants to be the nerd. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I also feel like I leaned into it for that, too. And then as I got older, I just also just didn't give a
0: shit about school. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> that helped.
0: Where'd you go to college?
1: I went to uh, Hudson Valley Community College okay. for fine arts. Nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I make
1: great decisions. <laughs> they got a good program? Oh, they actually really do. I, I was lucky enough. Like, I didn't know that going in. But now looking back, they have an amazing program for fine art. And then it's just so affordable. It's like it's right. a no brainer. And I honestly am glad I went because not only does it they, do they teach you like the technical skills of making art, but they also kind of go into like the more conceptual ideas of being an artist and making and creating art. And I feel like a lot of that has kind of helped me uh, with comedy. You know what I mean? Just kind of applying those parallels to comedy, like some of those concepts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as dumb as it may have been, I think it was good that I did go too.
0: Well, I always think that like college is important, not really for the education, but like the social component and you meet different people and you just think a different way. And I think different perspectives. Yeah. Like you're a little more open-minded if you go there and you're forced to associate with people, you probably wouldn't get a chance to meet. So no matter where you went, I think it's probably, it would have been a good thing just to get to know yourself and experience other things.
1: Yeah. And and college for me, especially really forced me out of my comfort zone because, yeah, like especially in high school, I I didn't like go anywhere. I didn't go out. I didn't really towards the end of high school. I'd start to hang out with friends, but they almost like forced me to like I I was very much a homebody and not much into going out. I would go to and from school like I didn't go to I didn't even go to like my graduation or stuff like that. I was like, I don't want to. Yeah. no, I was like, I'm good. So I would, I would really kind of ignore things like that.
0: I can't believe your parents, they'd let you miss your. Oh, they weren't happy.
1: Okay. But yeah, I guess they weren't going to force me because I was 18 at the time too. Cause I also just didn't see it as much of an accomplishment. It's just like, this is what you have to do. I was literally, you're literally forced to, I would have dropped out if I could have. So it's like, (laughs) I'm not that proud of something I was forced to do.
0: (laughs) Right. It's like, Hey, it's a Saturday. Why am I going to school on a Saturday?
1: Exactly. I was like, I'd rather work out or do something I'd enjoy. But yeah, yeah. No. So in, in uh, high school, I wasn't at all active. I was very antisocial, but then college, because actually they, a lot of like art schools, you have to do like straw still lifes or paint still lifes. So you actually have to be there where the still life is. So I couldn't do a lot of the work at home. So I was like forced to be at school all the time. And then that kind of lateraled into having to go to different art exhibits and art lectures. And then I just more and more, you know, kind of opened myself up. Which I feel like if that didn't happen, I probably would have never tried stand up too because I would have just been too anxious and closed off. I would have never even considered it. Probably.
0: Is there one thing that you can definitely trace back to? You know, just going to art class, like like something you learn there that you can take to the stage.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's so much. Like I'm, I'm, but I'm always looking through like parallels within things because I feel like there's a lot of inherent similarities within different aspects of life and just everything. But one idea that early on I feel like was really helpful was we were taught like in terms of like getting to get a better feel of your your art or whatever you want you're going to make. You're taught kind of like quality over quantity. And it's kind of this idea of like when you're learning, it's more so for when you're like learning a skill where you want to do the thing from beginning to end. As many times as you can, rather than spend a ton of time on one thing like the they have studies where they have students, like two different pools of students who are sculptors and uh, one set of students will spend the entire year making the perfect portrait on a sculpture. And then the other students will make as many as they can. And then after that year, they go and try to make more. And the students who had that repetition end up being much better because they're constantly tackling the entire thing rather than it's easy to just focus on like a few of your jokes that work really well and be like, Oh, I'll just keep, you know, adding to this or keep doing it at the stage. So early on I would just write as much as possible and just realize that a lot of it was going to be junk. A lot of it was going to go nowhere and I just needed to kind of get the reps.
0: Right. So that'd be a big one. I get frustrated with comedians who just stop working really it's like, okay, well, I don't, I don't need to go to this open mic because I already got this done. It's like, well, I guess. But, like, you can go and you could work out a new tag. You can see what yeah. you're missing. You can, you know, just get acquainted with the other comedians in the, the community and you can get more comfortable on stage. Like, you know, if you're nervous and, like, you're always nervous when you get on stage, well, get on stage more. Yeah, like, maybe, no, absolutely. I mean, there's always something I find that you can work on, you know, when you're at a mic or, like, just keep writing. Like I'm one of those guys who just writes a lot and hopefully it works. And sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it does. But like, I just, I have to keep writing because I'm under the, like I was a writer I was a sports reporter and Mm. I'm under the mindset where it's like, the more you write, the better you're going to get at it. And it might not be true, but like, that's how I was able to become a good writer is like, okay, well I, I read a lot and then I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and eventually it becomes easier to do. Like you, you can crack the formula And you're like, okay, well, this is kind of my voice here. And now I can attack it, you know, from this angle, from that angle. So without the repetitions, I don't know how I would do it. So it seems like if you're not getting the reps at all, you're kind of like, you know, spinning your wheels.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like you said, you have to do the things that make you uncomfortable. And if that's getting on stage, that's a big thing you should work on. But yeah, no, even early on, like writing, like I felt, I don't know how you feel about writing, like, especially when I first started out, it's so foreign that it's like almost like not enjoyable. It's almost like uncomfortable, but I actually got to a point where it was like fun, you know, and I think part of it is kind of, like you said, kind of pushing yourself to do those reps. Cause then once you get that familiarity too, it's, it's easier and more enjoyable. Learning a skill can be grueling and not fun, but once you learn the skill, that's when the fun actually comes because you can do stuff with it in a creative way.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that when I can get a, a new joke to work really well, it kind of energizes me. Oh, it, yeah. It makes me think, oh, I'm actually okay at this. Like, like yeah. I, I don't suck like my brain's been telling me for years. But like, yeah. I can get this to work. And then it kind of like just reinvigorates my feeling about the entire set. It's like, okay, well, this works. Now I have a good transition piece. So I can put it here. And it gives new life to a lot of other jokes. And then, you know, when you have a joke that works, the joke that might not work, it, it's an easier transitions like okay well they believe in me now so i can try this new one out and maybe they'll give me the benefit of the doubt or yeah i don't know it just makes it more fun
1: yeah no no absolutely i think some of my happiest moments are when you get a new joke to work like there's almost not a better feeling to me and because i especially because i quickly get bored of my material you know what i mean so getting that new joke is like you know so needed yeah, no, so I totally get that. And also, the longer I'm doing it, too, I'm finding I'm getting more and more moments where I feel like I'm less so like doing comedy. Like, I feel like when you first start, you're most, you're being what you think is a comic. You know what yep. I mean? You're pretending to be a stand-up. And, like, I feel like I'm finally starting to feel glimpses when I'm on stage of when I'm just being myself and kind of my personality is coming out. And it's not just me telling jokes. And that's been really nice. like. Almost like finally feeling like I'm starting to be myself on stage to yeah. like a more com- like in an extent of comfort that I haven't experienced, you know?
0: Yeah. Recently for me, like I've been slowing down a little bit and it's like, yes, same. And, and like part of it's OK, well, I'm booking the shows like nobody's going to tell me. You know, I don't want to stretch, you know, and take time away from people. And, you know, my shows, I don't take time away from people. But I feel like I feel like if I go over my a lot of time that I've given myself, I'm being an asshole. Yeah. yeah. But like if I'm at a show and I'm featuring and I can be like, all right, well, slow down. Like, Like I had a show. It was it was a rough show. But like I was supposed to do a half an hour. Somebody dropped out and I'm like, all right, well, I can stretch a little bit more. I just relaxed and I did like 40 minutes and it was like. It didn't feel like 40 minutes. It was like, yeah, I, I talked to the crowd a little bit more because I knew I had to stretch a little bit. So this bit went on a little bit longer than it usually does. And I, I did some more ad libs, but I felt really good. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm like leaning against the wall. I'm like, relaxed. I'm like, okay, it's cool. Cause I got nowhere to go. I'm like the, exactly. the host, the host was supposed to attend. He did two. So I'm like, mm. I got all the time in the world. Like I got yeah. to recover and do what I can. So that's the kind of groove I like to be in, where it's like, okay, well, you know, it's it's fine, whatever happens happens. Because what I've noticed with comedy is, like, like yeah, you might not be able to be booked by somebody, but like you ain't gonna get fired from this job. Like there's yeah. always gonna be another set. So yeah, yeah, I think like it took me a little while to realize that I wasn't gonna get fired from comedy.
1: Yeah, it's still hard to get my head to wrap around that because I'm always like, well, you know, I'm always worried about like the word spreading and stuff, even though, you know, like you said, you're never going to get. Yeah, you'd have to do something very drastic for that to happen.
0: I fully believe like, like, especially at our level, like we're doing locally. I mean, you're you're doing bigger shows than I am. But like, unless you're a dickhead, you're going to continue to get work. Yeah. And I think that's that's a component that I find I find a lot of comedians don't get don't be a fucking asshole. Yeah. You know, it's the easiest thing you, do, you can do is to be nice.
1: Yeah. And it's like, why wouldn't you want to be like, I, I, I don't understand that just like across the board, like yeah. unless you're miserable, but even then it doesn't make sense. Like, but that's being logical too. But yeah, no, I don't, I don't get that. It, it, I feel like I've read so many comics too, who don't like, they forget that at the end of the day, this is a job. Mm-hmm. Like as much as like you're picturing yourself as like a rebellious Doug Stanhope, he got there. Not easily. You know what I mean? And you, you can't just treat other people like shit and be this like bad, like whatever image you have in your head of what you are, or what a comic is. You can't be acting like that, especially this early on. Like it's just unprofessional. And yeah. yeah, I feel like people don't even think about it like that. And it's like, you probably should like, if this is a career you're looking to do.
0: How do you like the Albany scene?
1: I like the scene. It's definitely a newer like a lot of the people I started out with have kind of like moved away. So it's definitely a, like a, a greener scene than it once was. But yeah, there's definitely some some newer people who've been doing it for a good chunk of time. And some people who've been around a while for sure are still around. But overall, I would say that it's mostly new. But yeah, no, people are good. I'd say overall, it's not too toxic,
0: <laughs> which I feel like is all you can hope for with a comedy scene. For sure. Yeah. Every comedy scene is a little bit like high school.
1: Yeah, I think most anytime you put a scene at the end of something, it's not good
0: already. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like one of the elder statesmen of the scene? I mean, it's seven years.
1: Uh, No. Yeah, no. I don't think I'll ever feel that way, though. I feel like a fraud to begin with. Like I definitely <laughs> that imposter syndrome. I feel I don't know if I'd, I'll ever break that. So not really. Yeah. Like I feel douchey even trying to give people advice. Like even if someone asks me, I feel like, yeah, I don't know feel like a douche
0: yeah it's like who am i i've kind of been like backed into that position in Bangladesh because we had so many people bail in 2018 2019 and then the pandemic kind of compounded. yeah we only have like four or five regular comedians at the mics or anything i've been hosting our only open mic basically Mm. for seven years so it's like there's nothing i could do like i started like i started in july of 16 and i started hosting the mic in november of 16 that's so, brutal because that's not a that's not a that's uh, a
1: <laughs> it sucks a, a thankless job that's the word yes, i was looking yeah. for
0: and and mine doesn't pay so it's like okay no oh, at all no wow. no so kind of we're in the room now because our other one sucked and i was like i'll yeah. take anything and they're like oh monday's dead i'm like that's fine you have no idea what kind of dead I'm yeah exactly with. you don't and know I'll what take, an will take whatever is. And my commute to the mic is five minutes instead of twenty five. Oh, nice! So I'm like, all right, okay. I I upgraded that way, but yeah. So it's every week, and I'm like, I have to be there because I've got the equipment, and if I'm not there, who knows who's gonna be there? So yeah, you know. But yeah, it's not it's not a great position, but like, I don't know. If not for that, draining. Yeah,
1: such a long night. I feel well, like that would just make me resent shitty comics.
0: <laughs> <yeah>. Now thankfully <laughs> if you're gonna repeat the same shit, oh, I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> thankfully, being such a small scene, the nights aren't that long. Our mics take about an hour, hour and ten. Okay. Something like That's that. That's not too bad. I went to one Mike at Albany. I think it was the first time I saw you. It was a whatever Monday night mic happened. Probably like and, Lark. Yeah, Lark. Oh, you might remember this actually. So I went on stage and I mean, it would it would have been uh, in 2020, like early and oh, maybe, wow. maybe January 20. But I went on stage and there was somebody his mom was there with him. He's like special needs. And he started yelling during my set and she took him out. But like that was my experience with the Albany open mic. So like, all right. <laughs> I mean, I, I went up there to, to interview two people for the podcast. and like going to the mic was kind of a bonus. So I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, well, what can you do?
1: <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's, and that was your last interaction with the.
0: Yeah, it was my only open mic in Albany and oh, it wow. was fine. I mean, I recovered okay, but like, okay. I couldn't, but I couldn't like, yeah, yell at the guy. So, oh,
1: yeah, I, yeah. It's like, what do you do in that? Yeah, yeah, no,
0: that's, that's hard.
1: That's yeah. really hard. There's <laughs> nothing really you can do. No. Um, yeah, no, that is, it's interesting for as like
0: a first memory. Right. Did you guys lose a lot of people during the pandemic? <laughs> Sounds like they passed. I know, I know.
1: <laughs> um, I wouldn't say a ton. I, I I guess it kind of just kind of trickled over the years as well. It wasn't all just the pandemic, you know, but you're definitely a handful. And, you know, especially with Austin, I feel like quite a few people went to Austin. Yeah. Or moved to the city, things like that. You know, just like a bigger scene trying to spread their wings, I guess. Some like Boston but yeah, no, the pandemic definitely didn't help.
0: That kind of makes sense because I see Albany and Buffalo too. Like I see you guys as like a stepping stone to New York City or to, also, really. like to a bigger city. I do. And maybe I'm wrong, but like I do. Like, it, I mean, it's, it's a state capital. Not that mm. you didn't know that, but like, <laughs> you know, like, it'd be weird if you didn't. But yeah, I would think, okay, well, I'm doing well in Albany. If I want to stay in New York, what's next? Like where do you yeah, go? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's definitely not an end goal for, by any means. <laughs> but yeah, no, I guess I just see it as like a very small pond to begin with. But yeah, no, there is because there have been some people who have gone to like Chicago almost like as like a, a middle of that. because It's like somewhat smaller. But even that looks really, you know, hectic trying to get into clubs and stuff. Like, I don't know, you know how many they have out there, but I know a few people from the Albany scene over the years have moved out there or like Midwest.
0: Do you have any aspiration to go to a bigger city?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I've was i actually been looking to uh, move to the city. Just the timing, you know, transfer down with my job and make it work. But yeah, no, I definitely feel like that's the next step. Like, there's only so much I can do up here, you know, and I'm just doing the road more, if you can call it that. It feels Everything feels too local. I mean, it's still a lot of driving, but when it's still like New York and stuff, it feels local. You know what right. I mean? But yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do. And being able to get up more would be cool, meet more comics, you know, like you said, like the networking, almost like with college, like that's just as important.
0: Do you think it's necessary for your personality type to just be around people, like have this reason to get out of your place?
1: Uh, yes and no. Yeah. Like, like when I'm around people, like I definitely can get in that mode and it's energizing. But I'd say overall, I'm pretty introverted. I definitely like, I definitely spend a lot of time by myself and I definitely enjoy time by myself. But yeah, no, but when, I'm on stage and stuff. I'm a complete ham. Very much, you know, when I'm being myself, I'm very animated and playful. So it's definitely very different. But yeah, no, I'd say overall, though, I'm pretty introverted. Like once the show is done, I'm usually tired and I'm like,
0: I'm ready to sleep. Well, I, still I like sleep. I know we work together at Forged in Bambridge. Yeah, yeah. And you could see that for sure. Like <laughs> you're, you're on stage. Couldn't it be nicer? You know, yeah. nicer. you're on stage. You're very effable. You're you're talking with the audience. You got Bob in the front. Yeah. And you're having a conversation with him. Everything's going really well. Show gets over and you're the first one to, with your coat on. Ready to go. Because <laughs> you got a two hour drive back. So you're like, All yeah, right, exactly. Or, a ride back. But yeah, yeah. Sucks for you. You're with Trev Steele, who is a <laughs> talker. Oh, yeah. so like, hey, my girlfriend and I were talking about it. We felt bad for you at the end because oh, like, Cody like. wanted to leave. And she's like, Travis, just like you, you won't shut the fuck up. And <laughs> somebody, I have a feeling somebody comes up and compliments Travis. He's gone, you know, it's <laughs> like, whatever, because he's not going to let that go. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but it was good. Then I got talking to some, a couple that were there and it was nice. It was, I liked that place. It was a cool little place. Yeah. It's yeah. a cool setup.
0: That's one of my favorite rooms. We did outdoor shows there. we
1: were were looking at that we were
0: looking outside it looked like a cool setup especially with all the trees kind of
1: enclosing you in
0: we get about a hundred people for the outdoor shows and then they're They're a lot of fun but it's an outdoor show so like yeah you could kill there and you're like I guess I did okay yeah it's hard to feel it yep but when you're in that little room we probably had about 45 or 50 in there oh wow the biggest attendance we've had inside and it just sounds so loud and it was great and I don't think anybody's had a really bad set there inside. I mean, oh, it's, good, the lineups have been pretty good. So that's part of it. But yeah, the energy is just there. That's one of my favorite rooms. And those guys reached out and they said, Hey, we want to do stuff here. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. I'll find a lineup each month and I'll make it work. But yeah. Yeah. So I was really happy that, you know, you and Travis were able to do it.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, I was glad to be able to come out and, be able to like you said earlier with having to stretch like being able to you know i'm just starting now to you know get my feet with with headlining so being able to stretch and slow down was really nice like i was very i was definitely scared but then like when i was up there it's almost like like you said it's almost it's nice knowing that there's nothing else like what else are you gonna do like i don't know I, i didn't feel rushed at all and i thought that i would be rushing just because i'd be worried about forgetting stuff but yeah, no, just taking it slow and just enjoying it really helped, I think.
0: I think Travis and I do things similarly. Like, I don't use a light at my shows if I can help it. I'll book three person lineups and four person lineups. And usually the headliner has carte blanche, like, okay, do what you want to do. You know, you get a 30 plus, 45 plus, whatever it is. And then I just build like 45 minutes to 50 minutes for the openers, you know? So, yeah, we yeah. Got plenty of wiggle room. And, I don't like a light because I don't want it. I don't want the comedians to feel restricted Yeah, and like, like looking for like, have you hosted before? I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Ton. So have you produced shows? Uh, no. Okay. So one of the things that I hate is when somebody on stage says, how am I doing on time? How, how much yeah. time do I have left? And it's like, I don't care. Cause normally I'm like, okay, well in my message that I send to everybody, I'm like, I don't care. Like have yeah. fun. I don't need a. let me know if you need a light. I trust everybody to have fun and the audience. I want them to fall in love with you guys. And like, okay, well, we have a connection with Cody, we have a connection with Travis, and I trust them to take us where we need to go. So if Travis say his his airlines bit doesn't work, I want him to be like, Well, I I don't need to end with that. I can I can throw something else on there.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah, like a
0: dickhead. I would like that little comfort. So is that kind of how Albany shows are run, or are you guys more showcased? There's a lot of showcases,
1: I would say, overall. And then even the ones that are more condensed to like more of like a three person show by the time of Showtime, it feels like there's more guest spots added and stuff where it almost like feels like it ended up being a showcase, you know? So I would definitely say, yeah, a lot more like showcases outside of the clubs where they're doing two or three person shows, a lot of two person shows now in the clubs around here.
0: I try to avoid guest spots as much as possible. Like, Sometimes yeah. they're unavoidable. Like, like a guest spot for me is basically the spot I give to somebody who drove the headliner. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like if or I, someone who's in town. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even with the in-town stuff, I, I try not to do that just because, like, theoretically, I will use them at a later date. And I don't want to waste mm. that bullet for five minutes because I try not to repeat the lineups, the comedians, for a while. No, that's good not to and, burn out. And anymore. I would much rather pay somebody for 20 minutes, then have them do five minutes of free or tips. Yeah. I found that the guest spots seem to slow down the show and make it harder for the headliner to fully stretch. And yeah, because like the last five minutes, last 10 minutes are going to be more of a work than they need to be. So I try to avoid them, but yeah, sometimes you have to do that. But when a four person show goes to a seven person show, it's kind of like, ah, well we tried. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, no, it's hard too. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, politicking, especially, too, with, like, shows, especially in the city, I hear. You know, it's always, like, you book who books you and yada, yada. It's like bargaining chips. But, yeah, I think that's partly why I've avoided producing, just because <laughs> I just don't want the drama, even
0: though it's a, a, a poor reason not to. Well, um, I think you're in a good position, though, because you're obviously funny and you can get booked. I remember working with somebody who we were producing as a group and he didn't like producing it. And I'm like, well then you shouldn't. Yeah. And cause he's funny enough to get booked. I'm like, dude, part of the reason I'm booking is because I need an Avenue to do shows. So like, if I book the show, I can be on the show. Like I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going through a back door. So it's like, I know what my limitations are right now. If you don't have those limitations, fucking go out, market yourself. And yeah, yes, yeah. but like, if you can avoid it, if you can somehow, not produce and still get regular work, you're winning.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. And I think I've been thinking about it more with, you know, trying to get longer sets. But even then, you could, what, do it once a year, you know, because yeah. it's not like you're going to feature every show. That would suck, you know, yeah. that you'll turn your audience away real quick. But yeah, no, that that's a fair point. And I guess I, I've been very lucky with that for sure.
0: What was that transition like for you from going from, post a feature and feature the headliner. I mean, is that just a confidence boost and say, okay, well, my material works and I can try some more stuff. I mean, I mean, it had to be a good feeling.
1: I guess it doesn't really feel like a full transition because I'm con- you're constantly fluctuating. Like I've yeah. met, like, I don't know what it is for other people. And I guess it'd be better to ask like, someone who's like full time headlining now, but I'm still, you know, most of my work is probably featuring and even some hosting, you know? So, you know, I'm constantly fluctuating with that. And I'm just only now starting to get into headlining. And I think I'm, I think only now I'm starting to feel good about featuring. (laughs) And I've probably (laughs) been featuring for a handful of years. So just starting to feature didn't make me feel good. I definitely, I felt the most like a fraud when I featured, right? uh, when I first started. But now that I finally feel like I can cover the time, it does feel good, especially from where you look back to where you came from, barely being able to do a five minute open mic to being able to feel confident about doing 20 minutes and and not even like feel like I don't even have to be that much prepped. Like I pretty much know my 20, you know what I mean? So that that's that's a milestone in itself for me. But yeah, no, that definitely has been nice.
0: Did you like hosting? I mean, you still host every once in a while, but. Did you like? I hated it at okay, first. Okay, oh yeah, my right. god,
1: I fucking hated it. Because I'm I'm such an anxious person. I hated. I didn't hate comedy, but it made me so anxious. Like I probably for the first year or two, I thought I was gonna throw up every time I had to go on stage, you know. But then I'd get off stage, and it would, I would just the rush would be so amazing that I'd be like, I have to do that again. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, no, I hate hated hosting for the longest time. Going up cold, having to not jump right into my material. I did that a lot going in early and that could that was a disaster a lot of times. But yeah, no, like I remember the first time I, I featured and I ate it so hard. I bombed for 20 minutes straight. I don't know if I got a single laugh. <laughs> it was awful. I remember like going up and I was very nervous. And that's, I think, why I ate it so bad. I was just so in my head. Because I was also only like a couple years in and I was like featuring. And I was like, that's too early. I remember walking on stage, like just telling myself, like I'm going to be confident. I'm just going to be just super confident. And then I, I go on stage and some guy up front is like whispering to the person next to him. And I'm like, what are you saying? What are you talking about? Like trying to be super like assertive and stuff. And then the guy looks at me and he's like, I said, you look
0: nervous.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then I in a very like manly and aggressive tone had to be like, well, I'm not. And then I just proceeded (laughs) to bomb for 20 minutes. and I just, oh, it was miserable. I just fantasized about going home the last five minutes, just being under my bed in a blanket, just in darkness for a week. So how do you recover from that? Oh, that sucked. I try not to think about it. I think I did. It also helped. I think that night, I think they had like a mic after. So I probably did the mic after. So, you know, just try to rinse it out. Yeah. But yeah, no. normally I'm pretty good about rolling them off my shoulders. You know, there's a couple that have stung and I haven't felt good about, and that have <laughs> stuck with me longer than I'd like. But overall, I'm pretty good about just being like on to the next one. What was your worst set? Was it that one? Uh, no, no, I wish. It all depends on what you mean by worse. I've had like a plethora of not good experiences at shows and mics. I don't know if mics count, but yeah, no shows. Nothing like crazy because I'm not like you've seen me. Like I'm not very antagonistic. Yeah. But I have been booed a couple times. Most recently, literally last Sunday, the fifth, I was doing comics at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. And I was doing just hosting and I did was doing 15 minutes. I was like on my last minute. And then I somehow made this woman in the audience mad. And then she came up on stage to try to take the mic away from me. And then security had to escort her out.
0: You're hosting, like, like she missed, yeah, she missed the, you know, quote unquote, good comedians.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And like she was heckling the entire time. And at first we were having like a fun back and forth. So I thought she was fine. And then she got mad. And then, yeah, she went on stage and it was just so uncomfortable. You could just see how uncomfortable the entire audience was. They looked horrified.
0: (laughs) You got Will Smith to blame. I think he's ushering this in. I know. I said that. I was like, that was like Will
1: Smith without the slap. Wow. Thankfully, she didn't hit me. And I also got the video of it. So I'll probably post it at some point. Oh, you have to. Yeah. It's just so cringy to watch. It's so
0: uncomfortable. You could
1: just, it's so silent.
0: (laughs) But uh, does anything else compare to that?
1: I mean, I've had tons. Actually, another show I did, which is barely hard. It's hard to even call it a show because there's like only five people there. But at that show, a woman came on stage as well. (laughs) Are you just Um, inviting this? uh, Probably. It was so funny, too, (laughs) because like before because I for the longest time, I've only done like I've really tried to stick to just material out of like wanting to get better at it and also just being afraid to talk to the crowd. Yeah. So I remember that show in particular, one of my friends was like, you need to try practicing crowd work. You need to. And so I was like, I'm gonna, and I tried crowd work with this lady and then she just became, it just became too much of like involving her. And she came on stage, showed people her shirt and it was just like, all right, I really lost control of this. (laughs) And that sucked because there was, I, I was just eating shit and there's only like five people. I knew three of them. <laughs> yeah. So that was brutal. Another one, there was an open mic that was wild where um it wasn't even while I was on stage. It wasn't even like uh, it had anything to do with the comedy. We were in Albany at this open mic and uh, the last comic was on stage and then this Guy comes running into the bar and he's like, There's a guy with a gun in a bag chasing me. And so he runs behind the bar. And then we're all like kind of stopped and like looking at each other. And then this guy who's shirtless walks in with a bag in his hand and he's just screaming and cursing, trying to look at look for the guy. And then everyone just like scatters, and the guy's like screaming and he's like grabbing beer bottles and throwing it at the the back wall, trying to find the guy. And he's like screaming like, you can stab me, motherfucker, but you can't come out and fight me. Holy (laughs) shit. Yeah, it was wild. Like a a bunch of the comics ran out the back. Other comics ran into the bathroom, which is like one of the smallest bathrooms. So there's just like seven comics probably stuffed in a bathroom trying not to potentially get shot. I never saw a gun, so I don't know uh, what was in the bag. But yeah, no, so that back and forth kept happening and stuff. And I just kind of stood and watched. I was, I ran to go to the bathroom, but then I kind of felt like a coward, especially because I saw this other comic who didn't move at all. And then I looked at him and I remember he's like, I don't think he has a gun. And that was enough for me to just walk back and just watch. Like, I was just like, well, I'm not going to look like a pussy in front of him. I'll rather potentially die. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I just walked back and watch, And uh, yeah, so they're just screaming and stuff. And the, the guy with the potential gun, he has a friend that's apparently later I found out he had multiple people outside, like kind of like surrounding the place to get this guy. But one one of the, the the his friends keeps like popping his head in the door like as a hype man. He's just like, we know where you live. I'll kill your mom. <laughs> it's just like the craziest shit. But then the cops came and uh, yeah, they the people scattered. And then the guy, they took him into custody, I think, for something.
0: See, this is why a comedian should always go to open mics.
1: Oh, God. No, that's why you shouldn't. They're wild. <laughs> See people getting fist fights. There's, yeah, I saw one with a couple comics. Yeah, no, you'll meet the wildest
0: people. That's the thing. Like, I told a story today about this comedian who, God, I don't know if he's just, I mean, he's a certifiable nut, but like, we're going to Syracuse for an open mic. And. <laughs> He's in the back talking nonstop for 90 minutes. We park in Syracuse and he goes, he looks out, he goes, this doesn't look like Scranton. And I'm like, yeah, because we went in the opposite direction. I was like, we never mentioned Scranton once. Like, but oh my God. these people are just nuts. Like comedians like are just touched in the head. And I think every scene has that one or two people. It like, like, oh, oh, yeah. The only reason they're still alive and not, in a hospital somewhere is the open mic because yeah. they, like we are their community and like, we're the people who still tolerate them. Cause Hey, you're a body. You're an yeah. audience member. You're on the list. We can still have this mic tonight.
1: And at the end of the day, we're all fucked up too. So yeah. it's like, welcome. <laughs>
0: know, just, we're, we're all broken toys. <laughs> well, yeah. We're just a little more well-adjusted than the most.
1: Broken. Yeah. Yeah. We can navigate a little more soundly. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's definitely, I agree with that. Every scene has at least one, if not multiple, but at least one where you're like, all right, I don't know how you got here, but you need this.
0: <laughs> I think if every comedian was forced to do therapy, to go to therapy, we'd have yeah. a lot less comedians. Oh, yeah. Like, like, we'd all be in therapy, and then half of us would be like, you know what, I'm fixed now. I don't yeah. I do need to. I actually strangers. love myself. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like... Okay,
1: good for you, loser.
0: (laughs) I'm going to keep telling jokes. I get a little annoyed. I understand why. But like a guy like I don't know if you've met James FedQ in Syracuse. He's really funny. He's so good. But he bothers me because like he's barely doing comedy anymore Uh, because he got married. He has two kids and he's happy. Oh yeah. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. I'm so mad at yeah. him for like being down with happiness. Yeah. It was like I'm it's, like, which is yeah. the best reason to stop doing comedy. But I'm like, you oh yeah. Her.
1: It's like I'm happy for you, but not really.
0: Yeah. It's like I, I want you to be sad so I can see you more often.
1: Yeah, just sad enough. Like not depressed. I don't want right. like you needing a hotline, but like if you could be on my level a little bit, yeah, I don't get <laughs> yeah. that. But I think like, especially when they are funny, too, it's like it would be one thing if they sucked. It's like, oh, yeah, you weren't meant for this anyways. This is perfect. You weren't meant to be funny.
0: But you know what? It takes a lot longer for those who suck to go away.
1: Oh, 100 percent. They're the most delusional. Yeah. They're the ones who think they can make it the most. Right. It seems like. Yeah. A lot of times the the best people think they suck. Like a tell thinks he sucks, you know, and which is crazy. Revere him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he is like a legend. And exactly. he might be the most insecure comedian going.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's I've heard that he's very like nice and humble, which is nice. It's what comics should be. It's weird when you meet the like, cool guy comic. Right. It's like I've heard other comics talk about, like, I think, like, Dan Soder and them talk about it on some podcasts where it's like, you're not supposed to be a cool guy in comedy. That kind of defeats the whole purpose of comedians are supposed to be laughed at. You're a clown. Yeah. You can't be cool and a clown.
0: Well, I always say like a guy like Matthew Broussard has yeah, to write too beautiful. Yes. He's got to write so much more and be funnier than everybody because yeah. he's got to he's got to overcome these good looks. He should grow like a gross beard or something. Right. You yeah. Know, like, like not that Rory Scovel is ugly, but it's like that's the comedian. Yeah. Like you're the underdog. You have to give us a reason to cheer for you. Nobody wants to root for Matthew Broussard. Yeah, he's just no. lucky he's hilarious.
1: Yeah, good writer, smart, very smart.
0: Yeah, well, that, that I don't helps. I don't know who told
1: me this, so it might not even be true. But I'm pretty sure I heard someone say that Zach Galifianakis was is very good looking without the beard. And that's part of why he grew the beard. Oh, really? Like, that's what I heard. I don't know how true that is. I, don't, I also haven't seen him
0: without a beard. So that might clear it up. If He's a hottie right off the bat. I think in the movie, The Election. He's got a mustache. Mm. But I could be wrong. He might have a beard that I saw it once.
1: I have to Google it.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That's probably I mean, not true. I'm gullible. Could be, could be. Well, he's overweight, too. So I think. Yeah. Maybe like that when he's might, younger or thinner. Yeah, maybe. In his prime. But I could definitely see it. I mean. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's ugly themselves up on purpose. for. Comedy. Yeah.
1: Especially dudes. Like dudes are too worried about trying to like get girls for the most part that they're did you ever get I made that up?
0: <laughs> did you ever get a lady because of your comedy?
1: Uh, I would say that generally
0: women are attracted to
1: me because of my not
0: necessarily my stand up. Well, that's but what because I mean. My I, sense
1: of humor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's how I got a girlfriend. The sense of humor. It's not my. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean specifically stand up? <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: I would say no. It's definitely put me on the radar of people that right. I ended up dating. So in that regard, I would say so. I think just my charming personality took it, of course took it from there. How, how could it not? <laughs> but yeah, no, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say I don't think I'm at the level yet where that could actually happen, yeah. <laughs> where it's impressive enough. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. There's no way I don't care how my act is, I'm like, there's no way my sense of humor is gonna get a lady in bed. So like oh, yeah. my girlfriend will be very insecure. Like if I go and talk to somebody after a show. We had an instance early in our relationship where she just kind of broke up with me because I don't want to stand in your way. I'm like, that's not an issue. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. They said, thank you for putting on the show. They weren't like, hey, here's my number and my underwear. I'm like, yeah, that does yeah. not happen. Like, if only. Yeah, really. <laughs> like, like, I know. No way.
1: It's weird. I've, I've had more and more people come up to me and sometimes women now. But obviously you can never tell like what their intention is behind it. But even then it's, uh, I don't know about you. It's always weird to me when people, not weird. Like obviously it makes sense for people to come up to you after a show, but I like compliments make me super uncomfortable. Like I I almost try to like change the subject almost immediately. So even if girls do come up, it's like, I don't want to talk about
0: it almost. It's weird. I am so insecure with that stuff. I assume that I am in everybody's way. Yep. And nobody wants to talk to me. That's why like yeah. after the show, I try I'll, to be quick. <laughs> I'll break down the equipment and hopefully they'll talk to you and Travis. And cause that's who they want to talk to. Anyway, they would never want to talk to me at all. And then <laughs> I am also under the assumption that if somebody comes up and talks to me, they have a complaint. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I wish you wouldn't do this. I like, I'm just way too in my head about that stuff. So like, if somebody doesn't compliment me, it's like, Oh, and then I'm waiting for the punch to come. Like I don't oh, fully yeah. believe they like me or anything. Else yeah.
1: Like. Oh yeah. Or yeah. I'll be paranoid. Like, what are they trying to get out of me? Yeah. If they weren't saying it as a joke or something, it's like, oh, then you want something from me. <laughs> yeah. No, like, yeah, you can't, no, it's you can't like me for up. me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're a piece of shit. So somehow, some way or another, yeah. No, I'm the same kind of damage, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, it gets it's draining. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I feel like I'm a burden on other people because like, like friends of mine, my girlfriend, my friends, they're like, oh no, th- you know, we'd like this, people like that. And I'm like, no, they don't. Like, I feel like yeah. I'm always arguing for the sake of arguing. I was like, no, like, I just know that that's not how people think. And I could be wrong. And I'm sure I'm wrong. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I am confident that they don't like me. <laughs> like, like, oh, it's not, wow. it's not yeah. that I have doubt in myself. It's like, no, no, I know I suck. <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. sure of it. Yeah. No, it's hard
1: to have confidence. And then when I do get confident, I feel guilty for being confident. It's a a sick cycle.
0: Yeah. So And not
1: the cool kind of sick.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, what's next for you? What do you have planned? Are you working on anything? Do you have anything coming up that you're excited about?
1: I actually, I've been working on some sketches with some friends that I'm excited about. That's been fun. We've got like three already done. We're actually filming like another three on Monday. And when we have like 10 or so, we're probably going to release them all in one chunk, like on YouTube. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah. So I'm excited for that. They, the, the ones we filmed already haven't come came out really good. Like, I mean, obviously whether they're funny or not is up to who watches it. But in, in terms of like how it looks and the audio, I feel like it came out really professional. So I'm really happy about that. And that's been, yeah, a lot of fun just kind of writing, being able to still do comedy, but in a different form has been really nice and kind of reinvigorating, you know, my enjoyment in writing, especially, you know, because now, now there's ideas that I couldn't really get on stage that I could do in a sketch, which yeah. is fun. And then acting,
0: so- too, getting goofy. It's fun. Is this something you've always wanted to do? Or is that kind of new?
1: Uh, Yeah, I, I mean, th- looking back, yeah, I, de- I think I definitely always wanted to. And I, I have somewhat tried in the past, but it's always hard finding people who you really work well with or who are as like serious as you are. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I finally... The two guys I'm working with, they're they're on the same page with obviously it's comedy, but we're taking it seriously. So it's like we want this to be good, we want this to be well shot out, not rushed, and they also are very serious about pursuing comedy as a career. So you know so just like all and we just work well together and they don't have egos. So it just kind of finally worked out. But I think I've definitely always loved, you know, sketch comedy just being able to that short form of being able to get like a joke or premise out so quickly. It's nice rather than like a full movie or screenplays. Like I think I'd rather do sketches than like a screenplay, you know?
0: Yeah. A lot of times I'll think of a bit and I'm like, that's not going to be a, a stage bit at all. Yeah. It's I don't too do any- visual. Yeah. It's like, and there's characters and like, yeah, I don't feel like dressing yeah. up. As, I mean, it's weird. Like, or you have to be
1: really dedicated. Yeah. If you don't sell it, then it's awkward. I've, I've yeah. done some act outs where you're like, you're not, passionate enough and it doesn't sell then you're just in it but badly yeah that's
0: rough there are times where i'll go up where i'm like okay well say it in this kind of voice and then i get on stage and i forget i'm like well i already committed to my regular voice
1: yep yeah or you rush it yeah or it doesn't feel natural that's the thing about voices too it's not just you're trying to get it but you can't you gotta get yeah it's a whole character not just the sound you're trying to get the whole energy of the person yeah
0: so when you're doing these sketches are you just a different person
1: uh, yeah, I mean, all, all the sketches are like different. None of them are like based on us, really. I think maybe one we're going to have one that's like kind of meta where we're playing ourselves, but not all the other ones. Yeah, they're just characters based in like premises that we've written and some that I wrote like or came up premises like years ago. And now I'm just finally able to, you know, film them and stuff. So that's exciting.
0: I wonder if like if you're struggling writing stand up, if like this is an outlet that will kind of jumpstart those muscles in your brain, the synapses. So you can be like, oh, okay, well, this is how I approach this bit now. Like the sketches are actually helping me do stand up now.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I think any kind of writing, I think any kind of creativity, just kind of like forcing yourself to do that. You know what I mean? Cause like you said, it just, it's really, yeah. It's just activating that part of it. And then it's also like addicting almost where it's like, it's easy for me to keep putting off writing. It's like, I don't want to write for 10 minutes, but then I sit down and write and then I write for an hour. Cause you get into it and you get into a groove and you enjoy it. So sometimes a lot of times just forcing yourself to do it and then yeah, you'll, you'll get a spark. And if you don't, then at least you put in the time, you know what I mean? It's like, there's no real love loss.
0: You're always going to make progress. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like like that's again, going back to like writing, it's like, yeah, I had this thing where it's like, I'll have a song in my head. And for some stupid reason, I think of a joke and I have to put it on Facebook. If I don't do that, if I don't have an outlet for it, even though it's going to be horrible, like whatever. I like have to get it out of my system. Otherwise I'm going to think about it all the time. Oh yeah. Replay, replay, replay. And then I'll take it on stage and it tanks anyway. So I'm like, it's just part of my process. I'm like, yeah, I know this one sucks and I'll approach it that way too. But like, I have to get rid of it. Yeah.
1: And sometimes it's not that it sucks either. It's just, you maybe haven't found the right like lens to tell it through or, you know what I mean? The way, right way to frame it. I don't know. I, maybe it's my stubbornness, too, because I am a stubborn person. But like when I find something to be funny, I really believe it's funny and it's just more my articulation isn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like if I was smarter, or better with language or better at comedy, then I'd be able to figure it out. Yeah, I, I found that, too. I realized my grammar sucks. Yeah. So I tried to get better at English. <laughs> and I honestly think that helped just like it just reinforced like almost like the purpose of like language and like clarity. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing the, the more I write clearer, the faster I'm getting to punchlines, yeah. the, the clearer the image I'm painting for audience members. So they're getting things quicker and yeah, just the clarity of writing is helpful.
0: Then you go edit and you're like, okay, well, let me consolidate this a little bit more. And yeah, try, exactly. Try this fat. So it makes complete sense. And if you're writing concise sentences anyway, because they're grammatically correct.
1: Exactly. Then there's it's less like, revision.
0: Okay, yeah. And also you're not going to trip over words because, Oh, you know, there's two widths that you're not running over. You only yeah. need one or whatever. So yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean with that.
1: And I think there's almost like a tendency to like overcompensate, like try to sound more writerly than you are. Yeah. But then when you get a better grasp on what being a good writer is, I feel like the more you realize it's being a good writer is more in the simplicity and like, just getting what you mean across. That's what really matters. It doesn't matter if it sounds smart. Who gives a shit if it sounds smart? Is your point getting conveyed exactly how you mean it to? You know what I mean? And as quick and efficiently.
0: Yeah. Like I am a grammar Nazi. And like I try to never end a sentence with a preposition unless I do comedy.
1: See, I already I don't know what a preposition is. I already forgot. It's like that at the grammar does not stick with, with me.
0: Yeah. OK. So like. Little words that just, I don't know, they're, they're just. They're they ugly. change the position, right? Yeah, Preposition. Much.
1: Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's right. I try to figure yeah. out ways to remember yeah. things.
0: So I'm not stupid. They're they're higher class. Yeah. So like, but you're taking a sentence like, uh, in which state is this? Like, which state is this in? In which state Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you're not just supposed to end with in. But in comedy, it's like, well, I don't want them to think yeah. that I am better than them. So I'm not going to say, in which state was that? No, you're yeah. gonna say, what state was that in? Or what state was that? Like, you drop whatever. But it's like, I've completely betrayed my grammatical roots to get the laugh across. Like, I'll sell it. Oh, yeah. And like, I don't want to sound too smart. And yeah, not even too smart, not, too upper class It's not even
1: conversational. Yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. what it gets to, too. It's just it doesn't even if you have the vocabulary, comedy is trying to replicate more of like a casual conversation amongst friends rather than, you know, a very pompous kind of dialogue and that's hard because then it feels like then it goes back to like feeling like a bad writer but it's like that's just like an arbitrary that doesn't really mean anything in this context because you're not supposed to be having the best grammar and stuff but yeah my grammar still sucks though i I feel like i use too many commas
0: i'm not confident with it probably uh you probably shouldn't use more than one or two in a sentence so like just period I, i don't
1: usually do that yeah okay but I feel like every sentence I'm throwing a comma in
0: at least one. Yeah, I, I think uh, maybe period, I got big sentences, yeah. <laughs> but periods are your friend. Like, yeah, separate then I don't them want a bunch of more.
1: choppy sentences.
0: Oh. I don't know. Well, then go back to school. I,
1: I know. You know? I, I literally started like, like downloading an app to just like go through like elementary grammar right. courses just to try to not be I, an idiot.
0: I'll tell you what, though, like, I don't think it was until college where I got the actual concept of grammar like really yeah i get that like i i think i zoom past the fundamentals i just and didn't care faked my way through high school
1: yep english was so hard for me cuz i just refused to learn the structure and then once you get to a certain age you're like it's too far for me to learn yeah, yeah. i can't learn that now i was supposed to learn that when i was a child right now yeah. they'll they'll find out i'm a fraud yeah it's like i've gotten this far i, I must be faking it well enough yeah <laughs> My grammar's rough. But yeah, I just realized, I just found out that with the A-E-I-O-U, any vowels, you're supposed to put an rather than A. You just learned that? Like within the last year or two. This is news <laughs> to me. I also just re- memorized all vowels. Because for the longest time, the whole like Y sometimes, Yeah, I think it just turned me off from memorizing any of them (laughs) (laughs) so people would like be like what's a like i need a vowel and i'd be like ooh, i'd say a letter and be like this might be a vowel and i wouldn't know (laughs) i knew like a that's an n dude (laughs) and e but the rest you i don't fucking know and now i do well that's good A, E, I, O, U, and sometimes Y. and you did it by memory too yep yeah i'm really proud so I've definitely gotten better, which is good, but it could be a lot better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Well, man, yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. This is a lot of fun.
1: Uh, yeah, I hope it was good. Yeah, I hope it I'm
0: sure. I'm sure it'll feel be like a right. drone Don. No, you're good. Do you have I any? <laughs> well, that's that's <laughs> the underlying messages. You suck. So everybody got that.
1: That should be the name of the episode.
0: <laughs> we will I suck. You suck. We <laughs> suck. We all suck. <laughs> do you have any social media to plug? Any shows coming up that you want to plug?
1: Um. Yeah, they can follow me on Cody Montaigne. I think that's pretty much everywhere, like Facebook, Instagram, Cody, C-O-D-Y-M-O-N-T-A-N-Y-E. Yeah, I post shows on there and on my website, CodyMontaigne.com. I don't know when this is coming out, but this weekend, this Saturday, I'll be hosting at Comedy Works. And then I have some shows coming up in New York, some different places. Then I got a show in Pittsfield in March and then some shows in Connecticut. So, yeah, they can find me on the web.
0: Awesome dude. Well again, thank you so much and I can't wait to work with you again. But I'll talk to you soon.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. i wait outside your bedroom. I, I hope they let me in.